Hello, mummers, and welcome to episode two in our Pelvic Power podcast series. Today, we are talking all about pelvic balance and why we should stop sitting. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Mamas, welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. We are up to episode two in our Pelvic Power podcast series. That is a bit of a tongue twister. (laughs) If you haven't already, please go back and check out episode one. We chat all about the vulva, how it's different to the vagina, all the ins and outs of the anatomy and the importance of connecting in with our pelvic space. That's a really great chat. I encourage you to go listen to it. It is really kind of a foundational piece for today's chat so you understand the pelvic bowl. Today, I chat with B, who is our amazing Bernadette from Core and Flora Store. You can find her on Instagram at Core and Flora Store. She is a midwife, she is a PT, she is a mummer of two, and she's a wealth of knowledge for all things pelvis. So definitely go check her out if you like what she's speaking about today. But today, we chat specifically about how to create whole balance in the pelvis. And not just specifically in the pelvic floor, we're talking the whole body, really. How can we move our bodies better? So we chat about how poor pelvic function may lead to birth injuries. We talk about the importance of defuzzing your body. Definitely go check out the clip that she mentions. I YouTubed it afterwards and it's really fascinating. We talk about having less emphasis on strength and more emphasis just on movement in general. I get B to give us specific examples about how she positions herself throughout the day so she's not always sitting. And we also talk about why sitting is not always good for our pelvis and that we're not designed to sit all day. And we reframe how to view exercise. And it's really great, this reframe, because it really helps us understand it's not hard to move our bodies and it doesn't have to be 30 minutes stronger, longer sweating in the gym. That can be great too. But movement is key. And we talk a lot about that philosophy. And I think you're going to really love this episode. So please jump on over to at Physio Laura after you've listened to this and comment on the podcast post for this episode and let me know what you got out of today's episode. And I'd love to hear if you sit a lot during the day or if you've been mindful of this, what other positions you put yourself in throughout the day to create whole body balance and whole pelvic balance. I know right now I'm sitting to record this intro. And I know I can be pretty bad when I'm at my work desk. I do sit in a standard office chair. I'm not amazing at it, but I do try and be really mindful outside of working. And I only work 10 to 15 hours a week that I'm moving. I'm upright. I'm on the floor. I'm in lots of different positions. And I find my kids really encourage me to do that because they they never just sit still, right? Like they're always wanting me to get on the floor and do piggybacks and all sorts of positions. So they really encourage me to move my body better. And I find that really helpful because I probably would be prone to sitting a lot more if I didn't have children, I dare say. So yeah, that's really interesting. So come on over to at Physio Laura and let me know what you get out of today's episode. And if you want to connect with me further, I live over inside my online membership program, The Pregnancy Posse. If you want to move your body, like what we talk about in this episode, if you want to get really good pelvic movement, we have weekly workouts for every week of your pregnancy. So we've got lots of pelvic tilts, lots of squats, lots of movements on all fours, standing, sidelining. So if you are feeling called to move your body in different directions, come and join me. Let's do weekly workouts together. 
You can find out more information and trial the program for seven days by visiting thepregnancypositive.com. But without further ado, let's jump into our chat with B, chatting all about moving our pelvises and why we should stop sitting. Enjoy. I want to circle back to something you said earlier, B, about meme going around, which I reckon I shared back in the day. Strong coffee, may your coffee be as strong as your pelvic floor or vice versa or something like that. And I want to talk about pelvic floors being too tight, being overactive, being on all day long. And I want to talk about whole pelvic balance as well. So thinking about the pelvis as a whole, because there's a lot of emphasis on Kegels, there's a lot of emphasis on pelvic floor training, less emphasis on positioning, less emphasis on how do we do our day-to-day life? How are we sitting? How are we standing? How are we doing things? So take wherever you want. There's a couple of different ways we can speak about this, but let's maybe start with Let's start with the balance of the pelvis as a whole and maybe squatting and how we can do these things a bit better to help balance our pelvis. Let's start there. I think, I mean, where I would really start is to actually acknowledge what the body now does because like the squat, that's if you watch children and my children have been my biggest teachers here. I remember watching my children grow up and just being like, hang on, they don't move the way I do. So children move instinctively. They move how our bodies are designed to move. And then they get conditioned to their environment. And rather than moving how they need to, or how they're intended to move, they move how they need to move for their environment. So we really start with the contraptions that we put babies in. So leaving babies in capsules all the time and bounces rather than just putting a baby on the floor. And there's a lot, there's a lot around this, around why we do it. But a big part of it is that we got obsessed with germs. And when we got obsessed with germs, we took everything off the floor. And so we started putting babies in cots rather than co-sleeping. When we got told not to touch our babies because they could get sick. It all came around that time that we started understanding things more. And so one of the biggest things we do is we pull a baby up from a change table, right? And so when you do that, you often see the cloning and doming through their abdomen because you're forcing their body to move in a way that they don't have functional strengths for or, or foundational strengths to do, but it's also not a functional movement, right? It's not actually functional for us to bring ourselves up like that. We don't have to do that if we live without all our contraptions. So I lived in a leaf hut with no electricity, no running water. I lived the ultimate village lifestyle in the Solomon Islands for a year. And we slept on mattresses on the floor. When you sleep on a mattress on the floor, you don't have to fling yourself up because there's, you don't have to bring your legs down, right? So the way we get up out of bed is to be able to then move our legs down. And it's really, especially in that postpartum state where our body is stretched And we've lost a lot of strength. Even if we've kept exercising in pregnancy, we have to lose strength in pregnancy to gain length to be able to grow and then birth our babies. And so basically we get conditioned. We go to daycare or kinder or preschool and we sit on chairs at tables. I mean, we have kids' couches now and we have all these contraptions that we put babies in rather than letting them use their bodies. And then so by the time we become an adult and we become pregnant, most of us will have some kind of core or pelvic floor dysfunction. I really believe that. I believe, and if you experience issues in pregnancy like pelvic girdle pain or back pain or incontinence, then you've already got that condition because you're now symptomatic of it. And I think births get blamed so much for so many of our issues. And the reality is it's sometimes it's birth, especially if we've had coach pushing, we've been forced to 
push our babies out, which does a lot of damage to that pelvic floor. We've had forceps or episiotomy. Yeah, sure. There are different aspects, but true physiological birth, you can't tell me that would ruin, and I'm putting in brackets here, but cause us the amount of injuries that it does. I don't believe that. It's a physiological function. Just like pooing and weeing, when there is correct alignment and they work properly and then we don't have issues with them, they don't make our bodies suffer. I mean, they don't cause injury, but then when it's not working, so when we're constipated, then injury can occur. And so birth is the same. It's a physiological function that is things around it aren't supporting the function of it, then we may end up with injury. But what I really see is what happens to us preconceptionally in pregnancy and postpartum. And so the squat, we're not meant to sit on chairs. Like sitting is horrendous for our pelvic floor and our hips. And there's been some incredible research that's come out in the last couple of years that's actually shown that they sort of looked at people with incontinence and without, and it's showing that the pelvic strength actually is no different between them, but it looks at the hip range of movement, right? And so what our, the range of movement and capacity of our hips and then looking the muscles that support the pelvis. And so there's all this emphasis on the pelvic floor and doing our pelvic floor exercises. But actually what we're seeing now is that's not reflected in the evidence. It's the same with prolapse. So we're looking now at these groups that have it and groups that don't and comparing them and their pelvic floor strength is the same, but their hip strength and their hip range of movement is different. And that shows us that we really need to look outside the pelvis. This is a whole body issue. And so I'm huge. My programs are huge around functional movements and getting us to move better throughout our day. And I mean, sitting is the new smoking, we keep saying. And really, I mean, iPhones are probably the new sitting because we're so boring in our movements. If you watch children, they take up all the space. Like even during the night, they take up all the space. And so if you've never seen it, there's an incredible YouTube clip called The Fuzz Speech. And it's by Jill Headley, this incredibly eccentric guy who works with Cardivers. And he shows you what connective tissue looks like. And I think most of us grow up hearing about muscle and bones, but we don't really know about connective tissue. And so for those that don't, you have to think about connective tissue like this beautiful web right? And yeah, our whole body is filled with this web and the muscles and bones are embedded in it and the connective tissue expands and lengthens. And so if when during we sleep, he calls it the fuzz builds up. And so there's less ability to expand and lengthen because things have been constricted during the night. Now, if you watch babies or animals, as soon as they get up, they stretch and they start to defuzz themselves. We don't. We get up and where's my coffee and where's my phone? And as adults, we're so boring and constricted in our bodies. And that's a big thing with personality too. Like if you're, how are you? And you're out there, then, oh, what's wrong with you? Or she's really eccentric. As opposed to, yeah, that's just the way our bodies are meant to be. And so our bodies love movement. And it breaks my heart when people with prolapse and things like that are told not to move because it's like, that's what your body needs. But it, it needs this balance between contraction and length. And so we get our whole fitness industry is so caught up on strength, right? And tolerating it. And as women, like for many years, I valued a hard body. All I wanted was no fat, no body fat, all tone. I wanted to be slim. The softness is what has enabled my family. The softness has enabled me to grow and birth and nourish and snuggle my humans. And so we, there has to be this balance, but I mean, yoga has helped a little bit with the lengthening side of things, but 
you think about you go to an exercise class and it's 45 minutes long. How long is the stretching? And so another big part. Yeah. It's not even there. People often leave. And so another big part is for me and my programs is the self-massage part because it's like understanding how to actually defuzz ourselves. And then another thing that I'm huge on is body work, whether it's physio, osteo, massage, chiropractic, whatever it is that works for you, because all that body work is trying to allow the body to do what it wants to do, which is come back into balance, right? We all know about homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, just you have to go back and refresh science. But homeostasis is the, stasis is the process of the body wanting to come back into balance. The issue is mm-hmm. that we often get conditioned. And so our balance is actually not true balance. It's our new balance that we're being conditioned for. And then that is often where we sustain injuries. I've yeah, probably talked about hundred percent different things there and that made sense. But yeah, if in terms of the squat, people go, oh, it's an Asian thing. It's not an Asian thing. You have to learn how to squat before you stand. It's a yeah. human thing. Most of us can't yeah. do it because we lack the strength, but we also lack the flexibility. Like we don't have the ankle flexibility. So I'm sitting in a supported squat now. I don't sit at a chair. I sit on a bolster in a supported squat for most of the day. And then I play around with my legs to stretch my hips out. And and it's about valuing movement. And I really think if workplaces really cared about their employees and the state of their employees, they would incorporate more movement into the day. Mm. If you would get, if you every 50 minutes allowed your employees to stop, and to move their bodies, you'd actually have more. So if employers understood the importance of movement, they would enable like you do 50 minutes of work, 10 minutes of movement, and they would see a massive increase in productivity because it refreshes the mind too. But it allows people to be better in their bodies and probably decrease a lot of pain. Like you look at all the injury that comes from sitting at a desk, neck and shoulder pain, and people go and try mm. and invent all these fancy chairs, just let people move yeah. with their bodies. And so... What typically happens is we become conditioned to our environment. We don't move the way our bodies need us to or as much as they need us to. And this is why you and I are huge fans of exercise. And then we enter pregnancy, which is incredibly physical and massive physiological shifts have to occur for us to be able to grow our babes and massive changes occur. And then what we often see is things like core and pelvic floor conditions come through and pain. And I often really believe that they're often, quite often sitting there underneath and they then with the big stretch of pregnancy get as exacerbated. And so we feel them much more symptomatically. Yeah. yeah, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. I think one of the most common questions I get asked inside the pregnancy posse is about how to move at a desk, like because they're getting back pain or neck pain or whatever it is. And I think women start to really see how problematic sitting at a desk all day is once they hit pregnancy. So maybe they were fine beforehand and then they fall pregnant and all of a sudden they just can't do it anymore. And I think it's a really good time to recognize just how much we do sit. We often sit to eat breakfast, we sit to drive to work, we sit all day at a desk job and then we do the same to come home and then we sit and watch TV and then we go to bed. And I remember that they were trying to bring out a campaign at one stage about instead of saying exercise for 30 minutes a day, their campaign was try not to sit down for more than 23 and a half hours a day, which sounds ludicrous, right? Because you're like, oh, that's such a long time. But when you actually then start to look at how often are you sitting and how much of the day is spent sitting, you're like, yeah, wow, I really need to be mindful of this. So I'd love to know just for some practical and tangible ideas, 
What sort of movements do you or positions do you put yourself in for when you're reading a book, when you're working, when you're watching TV, when you're eating? Like when when are you sitting? When are you not sitting? Can you give some ideas? You mentioned that you're sitting on a bolster right now. What other props or things do you have around your house to encourage less sitting? Yeah, nice. I have to say to that before I answer the question, I have, so I'm entering my 40s and lots of my friends are in their 40s and we often see this. You get fit to play sport. You don't play sport to get fit. And so what we often see is people don't heal from pregnancy and postpartum very well. And then their youngest might turn four and they finally get the space and the time to be able to get back into sport. And so they'll go straight back into doing, and it might not be their youngest is four, it may be six or 12 month postpartum, but people will go back to doing what they love and what they used to do. So they'll go to the netball courts with their netball team and play a game or basketball, whatever it is. And then they get injured, whether that be an ankle injury or whether it be prolapse. And people just think they can jump back into things. You have to have a foundational level of strength, right? So you get fit to play sport. Sport is not where you get fit. It's not where you get your foundational strength. You have to have that to play sport. And I really think as we get older, I see that so often with injury. And if you have been sitting for so long and we lose that strength in pregnancy, but in postpartum, there is so much time we spend sitting in postpartum. And so we've really lost strength and then we get the clearance to exercise, whatever that means. And I think the six-week check is one of the worst things that we do in the postpartum space because there is no honoring of postpartum healing in our culture or our maternity care system. There's no knowledge of it. There's no exposure to it. And that clearance to exercise, what does that mean? Like really, we should be exercising because we are exercising as soon as we have our babies. We are exercising. We're picking up a heavy weight and we're taking it away from our body. And so a big part of this is, again, culturally what we do with our bodies throughout our day. And postpartum movement wreaks havoc on our postpartum healing because we're obsessed in our culture. We're taking our baby away from our body. Now, you and I know as trainers, if we're exercising, if that's an exercise with someone and you've given them a five or six kilo weight and you've got them to take it away from your body, They need a foundational level of strength to be able to do that properly. Yet this person is in a healing state, right? So if you're in a healing state with a broken leg or a broken hip or a broken arm, you wouldn't then put the most amount of pressure on that space. And that's what we do in postpartum over and over again. And we do it in a sleep deprived state. It's getting out of bed and putting our babies into cots. How many times do we do that during the night, right? So our whole environment inhibits, not only inhibits, but I would go ahead and say it makes postpartum healing impossible most of the time. And it further exacerbates injury or causes injury because we just don't have that strength to do it. And then we haven't healed. We've often sustained an injury, whether it were an issue like incontinence or prolapse, and then we go straight back into sport. And so I really just want to put that out there. You have to build the floor of a house before you put the walls and the roof up. And so I'm a big believer in just what we do throughout our day. It doesn't have to be big things. So I have, to answer your question, I have all my self-massage tools that sit on my bench. And so I'm constantly getting up and rolling with them. 
So rolling my neck and shoulders out, rolling my quads, that's movement, right? It's, mm-hmm. And this is the thing. It's what you believe exercise is. For most of us, we believe exercise is a 45-minute session where we have to sweat and we have to get huffy and puffy and we have to do it at an external source, right? And this is why so many women in the postpartum period don't exercise because the fitness industry is actually horrific for postpartum bodies. It really is a whole mentality of it and what it's doing. It's great if you've healed. Well, it has its pros if you've healed. But so many people don't like that and then they don't do it. I mean, their exercise can be breathing. Exercise can be Mm -hmm. rolling on a roller or using a tennis ball to roll out your quads. Exercise can be connecting to your pelvic floor and core and doing some activations. And that's what exercising two days postpartum is for me. It's not doing squats and lunges with weights. So I, I sit in a squat position. I don't watch TV, but if I was to do something like that, I would be rolling. So if I'm playing with my kids and I do that a lot, I'm often sitting on a ball, rolling my glutes out or rolling my hips out. I make sure, I mean, I move every day. I do a minimum of 25 minutes exercise a day, but I have the same five minutes is better than no minutes. So if I'm laying on the floor, it's getting some clams in or getting some leg lifts in. When I brush my teeth, doing some squats. Like exercise doesn't have to be 45 minutes of condensed time and that's exercise and that's it. We really need to open our minds up to, yeah, exercise can just be doing three squats when I stand up from my desk every time. It can be doing some push-ups on the wall. It can be, I get back from the toilet and rather than sitting down straight away, I use a ball on the wall. In my other house and in my new house, I had a treadmill desk. And so I did a Mm. lot of my typing on the treadmill. i walked like three k's an hour like it's not fast walking but I don't I didn't love standing I didn't love the standing desk I like to be walking I did that all throughout my pregnancy and my pelvic girdle pain the second time around because I had so much core and pelvic swell so much better balance I didn't have pelvic girdle pain anywhere near as bad the second time as I did the first and that to me is incredible because often our symptoms get worse, but that's showing that I did some beautiful work healing in between those pregnancies. What I was going to say is what I'm hearing your main message come through, which I really love, is let's change how we view exercise and let's put a little bit more emphasis on movement and how do you move your body throughout the day, which I really love because so many women, particularly in pregnancy and postpartum, have a lot of barriers in front of them. And what we call exercise at the moment as a society, it can cost money. Like you said, it's external to you. It takes up time. And these are often things that we don't have available to us, time, money, the strength to go do a gym class or whatever it is. And like you said, it can actually be quite damaging for our bodies. And I really love that invitation for women to go, just move more or move better throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be anything grandiose. This is how I think of self-care as well. It's like all these micro things that we can do throughout the day to physically look after ourselves. And I think even if you just start with today to do less sitting, like it doesn't even have to be adding something in, just do less sitting or go get yourself a foam roller or go get yourself a massage ball and Start rolling around, defuzzing all of that connective tissue. I really love that. And I can attest to this connective tissue fuzziness. B got us to do what she calls shake the apple tree in this workshop that we did where we met a stranger. We'd never met them before. They got a full handful of our butt and they just shook it up and down just really lightly. It wasn't like a deep tissue massage and it felt so good. So those little things really do make a difference. And we did like a couple of minutes on each butt and 
we're like, yeah, it feels great. Like it just doesn't have to be big. So I just invite you all to think about where in the day you could be changing the way you move, maybe adding in a different way of sitting, watching TV, eating your food, whatever it is that you classically sit for and just thinking about how you could change that up rather than thinking about how do I squeeze in a gym class with my newborn baby? How do I find the time to do this Pilates class that's half an hour away from my home? It doesn't have to look like that. So I really invite you all to have a think about that, which is awesome. Hello, I hope you love that episode. And if you're like me, you probably finished listening to it and thinking, hmm, I really need to get off my butt right now. <laughs> I really need to stop sitting so much and just think of creative ways to move my body. And I really hope for anyone that finds it hard to fit in exercise, myself included, that that reframe has really helped you go, oh, I don't have to carve out two hours to do a HIIT workout every day. If that's your jam, that's amazing, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that if that feels good for you. But you just need to move more, mama. You don't need to do anything too intensive. It's all within you. You just need to move more. Or if that reframe doesn't work, you just need to sit less. <laughs> so maybe either of those two will help you just get a bit more movement in your pelvis. That's only going to do good things to help create better balance, better muscle tension. We're not contracted all day when we're moving our bodies in different positions. So I really hope that helps to give you some inspiration. I know that as soon as I finish recording this, I'm excited to stand up and move my pelvis around because I have been sitting for too long, frankly. I'll admit it. <laughs> now, come on over to App Physio Laura and let me know about your weird and wonderful ways that you do not sit during the day. And let me know how that feels for your body to not be sitting all day long. Or let me know if you do sit all day long and maybe this has inspired you to now move your body in different ways. I'd so love to hear all of the different ways that people move throughout their life. And if you loved B, which I'm sure you did, she's an amazing woman in this space. You can go connect with her at Core and Flora Store. Definitely go check her out. I love watching her Instagram stories. They're always such a, <laughs> such a breath of fresh air. She's very real when she comes to sharing her life and her motherhood journey. So go check her out. And if you want to connect with me further and move our pelvises together throughout pregnancy, I have an online membership program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can come and check it out for seven days at thepregnancyposse.com. We do weekly workouts. There is lots of pelvic movement in those workouts. And if that's something that you feel called to join and move your pelvis and get rid of stiffness and get yourself ready for birth, then that is the program for you. Come and watch my face, talk you through all of it. Connect with me over at thepregnancyposse.com. But otherwise, mamas, I will be back in your ears next week for our final episode in this Pelvic Power podcast series where we are going to be chatting all about the pelvic floor and whether we should pelvic floor or whether we should maybe be backing off a little bit. Let's stay tuned for that episode. I'll see you soon. Bye.